is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So we have a series going uh, about our uh, amazing family values. Uh, one of the things God spoke to me about whilst we were uh, worshipping was um, uh, the foundations. Uh, I thought Naomi's picture of digging the foundations out and putting the concrete in and being able to build on something solid was actually very much about church. And many of the things that we're talking about as far as family values are concerned are the foundation so- stones of Jubilee Church and uh, what are they made up of and the first uh, session that we had was uh, loving one another and uh, uh, what that pours out of loving God and knowing the love of God and being able to love one another so one of the foundation uh, stones or family values that we will be talking we've talked about in the past is loving one another Number two uh, was Naomi's belonging and uh, that sense of belonging to God, belonging to one another, living out our lives in family, uh, etc. And last week we had the amazing Graham uh, uh, talking about mission and uh, about going uh, with the gospel. There is that call and that, that whole peace that should be the heartbeat of Christ in us. Jesus came and he came, didn't he? And we should be those who, like Jesus, you know, we go places. Uh, and I like that little bit at the, at the end where, where Jesus kept on moving from one place to another. Because there's more people who needed to hear the good news. Uh, there was a time in my life where I wondered, what was this good news? I mean, I was born again, but I, I, I heard this script, the scripture again and again in the New Testament, in, in the Gospels, where he said, you know, Jesus preached the good news. And I couldn't find anywhere that actually outlined what the good news was. And, and I'm a person, I like the list. You know, what is the good news? What's included in it? What's that story? Etc. And, uh, and of course, the good news is actually having a relationship with God. And that we can have a relationship with God. After salvation, it's working that all through, isn't it? And, 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 and doing that. So I've got the wonderful, wonderful topic of prayer. Number four is prayer. So I like all the others, but obviously prayer is more important. <laughs> Why is prayer more important? Well, actually, you've got to cover all that we're going to cover in prayer. Because when you're looking at prayer, what is prayer? Well, it's talking with God. So in my notes, I put in here prayer, you know, uh, why should we pray? When should we pray? How should we pray? And what should our expectations be? But my introduction piece, ah, there they are, all four of them, brilliant. Uh, So my introduction piece was talking with God, not just talking to God. Quite often when in the morning when I'm praying, because that's usually my real prayer time, I start the day in the scriptures and in prayer, because these are the foundation stones in your life as well as in church, aren't they? Because if you're not doing it in your life, it's pretty difficult to do it in your church. We we could actually put the face on (laughs) and all of that, but if you haven't got it in your life, it it doesn't come out of that. So uh, in my notes it says, talking with God. Because, you know, I can come to God with my list. Have you got a list? 
most of us have got a list, haven't they? We've got people we're praying for. Family, friends, people who need healing, people who are waiting for babies to come, people who have got challenges at college, university, school. We've got children and so forth. We've got a list. Because we want to see God move. We want to see the miraculous happen. We've got a, we've got a list. So quite often I can bring my list to God, which is great. God likes to hear your list. He knows what's on your list. But sometimes it's good to remind him, okay? So uh, that, that's really good. But that's, that's more to God rather than with God. With God tends to mean that this is a two-way conversation, not just a one-way conversation. So in the midst of prayer, one of the things I should be doing is giving God a chance to talk. When's the last time God spoke to you? Because in prayer life, God loves to speak to you. And sometimes it is that quiet voice. Uh, one of my old pastors used to say, you haven't heard from God lately. Wow. Are you, are you not up to date with your obedience? Huh? Well, last time he spoke to you, did you do what he said? Now and again, God repeats himself because we haven't done it yet. But God likes to speak to you. Just like you like to speak to one another. God likes to speak to you. So there's a, there's a tendency to it be one way and we need it to be two way. So let's go for my, my next slide, which is why should we pray? So um, Hebrews 5, 7 says, During the days of his life, Jesus on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. This is Jesus, the Son of God. This is Jesus, the Son of God, who with tears and prayers and petitions was interceding with his Father in heaven, whom he had known from before time, but here he was as a man, and he knew he could save him from death. He was Jesus who was heading towards the cross and knew it, but he knew his Father, and with prayers and petitions, he was submitting and reverent to his father. In 2 Chronicles 7, 13 to 15, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, my people, he's talking about his own people, this is the father talking to the people of Israel, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. So on the one side we have Jesus individually interceding and putting petitions before the Lord. And in the other place what we have is God telling us to. So on the one side we see Jesus praying and then we see God telling us to pray. But there's a corporate nature to that. If my people, it's a little bit like the Lord's Prayer that we'll have a look at later on. Jesus, when he said how to pray, always made it in a corporate way. So Jesus is personal, isn't he? He loves you. Anybody here not loved by God? Oh, see, you're all loved by God. See, just by that, isn't that worth knowing that you're loved by God? And he wants you 
to talk to him and he wants to talk to you. But we've got a God who's interested in his family. And we're part of that family. And he says, if my people, which is the corporate nature of prayer. So when we come to this from a jubilee point of view, are we a people of prayer that talk to God and listen to God? And are we corporately gathering together? Prayer, see later on in my notes, but I'm going to say it now and repeat myself. It's always one of those nice things. It's not age, it's just it keeps on making the point. Prayer is the powerhouse of God in church. When you're looking, if you were going to buy a car and you wanted some serious power, you'd talk about horsepower or kilowatts or whatever else it might be. You'd want a big engine in your car if you were going to go on big journeys over mountains or you wanted to go fast or whatever. And you can only accomplish what the little engine can do. Right? You have a tiny little engine, it can't do much. Right? You take a little lawnmower engine and you put it in a car, it's not going to go very far, it's not going to be able to do very much. All right? If you want to see God move in your life, and if you want to see God move in your church, God's church really, then I'm sorry, but God limits himself to responding to prayer in this world, in our lives, and in church. Sometimes he breaks in supernaturally. (laughs) Hey, you need this. Why? Because he's a father and he can see it. But what he tells us to do is, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will. So when we're looking for things, it's, it's that whole piece about, hey, you want to see power released of God in your life. That doesn't mean he'll do just what you say. Anybody here a parent, been a parent? Okay. Do you just give your kids whatever they ask? Is it good for them? God's like that. But he knows better, doesn't he, about what's in, in here. So God tells us to, and Jesus did. That's why we, we, we should pray, really. Jesus did a lot of it, and God tells us we should. So it's, it, it's, you know, it's a little bit, why should I be baptised, Paul? God told you. Repent and be baptised. It was just quite a clear command, really. And I find, whenever I do what God tells me to do, it opens up a door of blessing. That's what it does. Why? Because just like parents, when children do stuff, that, oh, they went and did that. And I only had to ask them once. And you go, wow. And God's like that. Oh, let me bless you. God's like that to us. Uh, when should we pray? Well, Ephesians 6.18 says, uh, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Okay, so, so, so we better have some time today to pray, hadn't we? Because it says on all occasions. So hopefully we prayed a little earlier. We'll pray a little bit at the end of the worship and perhaps we'll pray at the end of the word. And perhaps we'll pray at the prayer meeting or maybe you'll pray before you go to bed. Pray, pray up when you get up in the morning. Pray continually when you're driving, etc. You can do that, can't you? It's part of our whole being on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Always and all. Is that your default position? Is it my default position? There are some times when I'm driving down the road just listening to the music. 
So no. But actually, uh, now and again, I get, oh, Lord, I really need to be praying more. So what will actually happen then, you'll get me driving long distances. Because when I drive long distances, I got in the habit of praying in tongues when I was driving in long distances. For an hour or two. When do you pray? How do you pray? What are you looking for? Because the closer you draw to God, the better it is to hear him. And you might want answered prayer, but actually the best thing you can do is actually get close to God <laughs> so you can hear him. And then your life is transformed because it's wonderful to hear God and commune with him and know his presence. It's the best thing. I've got to tell you, it's the best thing in my life. I've got lovely children, I've got a lovely wife, I've got a lovely family, it's a great church. But the secret thing is to know the best thing ever is actually when you're in the presence of God. And some of you will know that. You've been in the presence of God and it's been overwhelming and you thought, I just want to come back here. Because there's very little like it, if anything. Then we've got Tim, 1 Timothy 5.5. 5. Oh, we're doing well for time. Um, so it says, the widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. So this is where an individual is in need. So we come back to this whole corporate and personal. There are certain times when you're in real need. And you're in desperate need. And in this time, in this era, if you were a widow and you were left all alone, there was no family left. Husband died, children gone, etc. And you're a widow on your own. There wasn't anything like the systems we've got in the UK that actually provide housing, provide money, provide food. I'm not saying it's enough, but there was nothing like that in this day. And you, you, you see where, where Jesus is in the temple and the widow puts her two mites in and he declares she put everything she had in. And he said, look, 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 look at this widow. Why did she put the two in? Because she knew she had nothing anyway. And the only thing she had was her hope in God. What a wonderful place to be. Now you think, might think that's desperate, but Jesus knew otherwise. He knew <laughs> that that lady's faith was there and it was active and expectant that God would provide. Yeah. And we see it again and again in Scripture, don't we? That in prayer, continuing night and day until you see God move. So number three is how should we pray? So um, in Acts, uh, I, I know it's part of Graham's all, all favourite book, but it's, uh, in Acts 1.14, uh, it says, they all join together cons constantly in prayer. So here we have you know, the, the new church. Christ has died, he is risen, and you've got the new church. And they join together constantly in prayer. Now it's difficult, isn't it, constantly? I wonder how regularly you meet with one another to pray. So you might pray as a family. 
This is not condemnation if you don't, all right? You may pay, pray as a couple. You might pray uh, individually, great. Uh, but how do we gather together? Because this is, this is what this is all about. They gathered consistently with prayer. So when you're in life group, do you pray? When we're gathering on Wednesday, do we come together and pray? Is it high on your agenda to get to corporate prayer so it can release something of God? Because don't forget, when you're having a look at this, they were all together in that upper room when the Holy Spirit came with power because they were in unity in prayer. When we're having a look at this, what are we looking for? How should we pray? Well, we come together. We support one another in prayer. We care for one another in prayer. We cover the whole thing, including our relationships in prayer. If you've got any enemies, you've got people who don't like you or are horrible to you at work, what's the best thing you can do for them? Pray for them. What? To beat them up in prayer. No, thank you. No, we don't, do we? What should we do? How are we going to pray for our enemies and those who would hurt and abuse us? We want to bless them. The number of times I've done that and seen fruit, absolute fruit of that is just amazing. And I've had some seriously difficult bosses. Have you ever experienced a difficult boss? Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> very good. I like that. that was good. Okay, so <laughs> uh, that was an in joke. Uh, so when you're having a look at that, uh, and uh, you know, and you stand up and you think, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. And I did. I stood up to this guy. He didn't want to even. Let, he was standing in a doorway. You can't go. It was seven o'clock in the evening. You can't go. I should have finished at five. Can't go. Yeah, I'm going. I've got a life group to lead. I'm, and it was it was what 15, 20 years ago. And he was standing. You can't go. Still in the door. I said, you better move, because I'm going. I told you I had to leave, so I left. Oh, the air was blue, terrible. The next morning, I have driven into work, and he's running across the car park towards me. Paul, Paul! Oh, gosh, here we go. And he apologized. I am so sorry, he said. I'm so sorry about last night. And what actually happened is later on that evening, about an hour later, his wife had gone out to the garage and closed the door behind them and their two-year-old was in the house alone. And she rang him. And he had to stop the meeting and go home to look after his child. So he was running across the car park to apologise and to say family should come first and that I was right. When you're, uh, only God does stuff like that and gets me out of trouble, okay? And so when, when we're having a look at this, how should we pray? You know, corporately we should pray. You know, and we had a life group who were praying into the relationship I have with that guy, right? Because they knew it was really difficult. And he was, uh, yeah, anyway, it, it's one of those things you, you, you do. How should we pray? Do not be anxious about anything, but in... Every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Right? Now, in this world that we live in, the world is turned over by a petition. Have you ever signed a petition? Yeah, you sign a petition. Why? Because you want something to happen, don't you? And actually, powers that be in the world are swayed by peti petitions, aren't they? Oh, goodness me, if there's enough people who sign up for it, even insane things go through Parliament. 
Well, actually, God has a much better way. If a lot of us gather together and we're in unity, where two or three more gather together in prayer and in agreement, then God comes, doesn't he? So when we are writing our petitions, we're putting them into heavenly places and they stay there forever. These, your prayers echo around heaven. And they never stop echoing around heaven. God continually hears your prayers. Because he never forgets them. And every one of them is important because you said it and you're his child. So when we're having a look at these sorts of things, prayers and petitions, Jesus did it. He petitioned his Father in heaven. 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. So on the one side, hey, look, petitions, prayers, intercessions. There's always a challenge. So, Paul, what's, what, what's a prayer? What's an intercession? Can someone sort of separate the two? Because Jesus is our interceder, isn't he? He's in heaven and he's interceding on our behalf. But is that just a good prayer? <laughs> is that a diligent prayer? Is, is that you know, When you're having a look at an intercessor, I want you to intercede. So for me, this means I'm going to press in on someone's behalf because I know the challenge they're going through and I'm getting serious with God. I'm not backing off. It's not, a, it's not just a straightforward prayer that I'm putting into the heavenlies because I care. This is something that I'm owning and I'm saying, Lord, I'm pushing through. I'm not backing off. I'm waiting to see the result of my prayer in your provision, in your freedom, in your victory in this situation. That's the sort of thing that Jesus did. And therefore, it should be the image of what we are going to do. So I urge you, therefore, with petitions, prayers, intercessions. And then it says thanksgiving. I love the way Chrissy, if you could, no, Derek and Chrissy are in our life group. And not long after they've prayed, prayed they will give thanksgiving. Because on the one side, I put it into the heavenly places. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you're doing it now. Because somewhere along the line, as we move into the last piece, you know, uh, the last piece is what should my expectation be? But I can actually give thanks. Thank you, Lord, that you heard me. And I thank you that your provision is on its way. Thank you that your healing is on its way. Thank you that a breakthrough is on its way. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's coming. It's better than Amazon. All right? Amazon can't deliver what God delivers. So when I'm looking, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, how should I pray then? Uh, I, I love the whole how should I pray. Uh, when the disciples asked, uh, it was this uh, amazing prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I thought that the, the, the worship this morning was just so good because it was just delivering this prayer, for, this prayer for me. Hallowed be your name. We were talking about how holy God is. How holy God was and how holy God always will be. And how Jesus in heaven, everybody's declaring he's holy. And Jesus taught us how to pray, our Father in heaven. He is the Father. He is in heaven. I've, got a, I've probably got a, a day's worth of preach on the prayer, but let's just have a look at it. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Here in my life today. Your kingdom how do you get God's kingdom to come? Any thoughts? Any thoughts? How, how do you get God's kingdom to come? Pray. Oh, well done, Dan. Super. So first of all, pray. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? What else do you need for God's kingdom to come?
Get rid of your own kingdom. Oh, super. Give it up. Give up your own kingdom. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Do you notice how it follows? So thank you for that. That's absolutely perfect, isn't it? Because that just follows what we've got. God's kingdom come means his will be done. How's his will being done in my life? Where's his will not being done in my life? What are the bits I've still got to give over? I'm not perfect yet. Have you noticed? No, don't answer, Anne. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not perfect yet. And actually, I won't be this side of heaven, I've got to tell you. All right? There's too much of this world around me. And it's still having an effect. And you've got to fight that war. And you fight it in prayer. You fight it through the word of God. You fight it. And you let your kingdom come. And the more I give over my life to God's kingdom coming in it, wow, that releases so much of my old self so that the new self can come through. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's this perfect place in heaven and where there's complete obedience, holy, 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 full of worship, and then you come back to earth and you think, oh, we just need more of that. Give us today our daily bread, everything. So whether you're breathing today or not breathing, you know, you're all breathing today. Whether your heart's beating today, your lungs, etc., your health and everything about you, give us today our daily bread. It's about our, just your well-being. How's your well-being? Do you feel right? How's your general health? How's your emotional well-being? You see an awful lot of things in media and workplace these days and they're all looking at well-being. And yet they have no answer. You can't be well without Christ. You can't. And all the well-being that they talk about and all the medication and all that sort of thing. And if you're on medication today, keep taking it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But actually, you can't be well without Christ. And so many answers that the world has got, they ignore Jesus. So that amazing bit of the puzzle that's missing in most of their lives, that is that void, can't be filled. And here we are, we have that amazing truth that uh, give us today our daily bread. And on the one side, it is the bread that's in my cupboard. But on the other side, it's the word of God that I consume that makes me well. Does that make sense? And forgive us our debts as we forgive those debtors. Uh, does that mean Jesus, my, my son, who's, who was visiting the other day, uh, he, he, on my Bible reading, now you've got to understand this is a miracle for Chris, all right, all right, who is born again, but actually... He's had some challenges, and he stayed with us for the last couple of weeks. And he came down, he said, in my reading, it said. In the Old Testament, it's all about you're going to go to hell. And I thought, no, it's not. You're reading that. Because actually, there's more mentions of hell in the New Testament than the Old. <laughs> but anyway, he said, it talks about judgment and all that sort of thing. And in the New Testament, it's all about being forgiven. Which is it? I said, well, it's both. It's both. Because you're completely forgiven in Christ, aren't you? What happens then if you keep sinning? Oh. Oh, well, you have to repent. And that means try and change the sinning bit. Well, do I get forgiven then? I said, well, yeah, you can get forgiven then. Yeah, if you do that. So what's it talking about then? I said, well, there's consequences if you keep on sinning. 
You're going to get into heaven if you believe in once saved, always saved. And I'm not going into the theology of that today. We're talking prayer here. So I like once saved, always saved. And I'm going to get in. Even by the skin of my teeth, I'm going to get in. But my conversation with Chris was, but there's always consequences of sin. If you keep sinning, stuff happens. And even in the New Testament, stuff happens. If you keep on doing bad stuff, whether it be drugs or relationships or whatever else, it, well, there's consequences there. And it's going to come back and bite you, isn't it? So here we have this amazing, lovely piece of scripture. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt us against us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Does that mean God will only sin you, forgive you if you can forgive enough? No. No, it's by grace we're saved, which is another preach coming up. But by grace we're saved, not by deeds. But actually what, we're trying, what, what God is saying here, hey, I've forgiven you. <laughs> I expect you to forgive others. You didn't deserve it, neither did they. So we need to forgive others, don't we? And it's, it, that's the way that's coming from. So that's that bit. number four. What should our expectation be? Oh, I've got three. Uh, I'm going to read the scriptures. John 14, 13 and 14. Says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. This is Jesus speaking. So that the Father may glorify in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, says Jesus, and I will do it. Right? Here we are. Well, that sounds pretty good. There's not much wavering in there, is there? This is a promise from God to me. Is it a promise from God to you? You've got to confess it if it's a promise of God to you. You ask God and I will do it. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? That's what he said. So the, the next piece is the same. John 16, 22 to 24. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me for anything, but truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Okay, moment of honesty. How many of you have asked for a, have lifted up a prayer and had at least one that hasn't been answered yet? That would be pretty much all of us, wouldn't it? We said, whatever. Whatever you ask in my name. And what should our expectation be? It's on its way. It's not Amazon lost it. Right? It's not. God hasn't forgotten it. It's on its way. Sometimes the answer to prayer is for our good. And he says, actually, son, daughter, like a little earlier, we know as parents what not to give our children. And sometimes there's a time where, actually, I'd love to give you that, but it wouldn't work out. And I've got this plan for your life that is perfect. And that bit isn't in it, but something better is. And that's why we've got to hold on to things loosely when we bring them to God. I want this, Lord. And there's plenty of things that I can think of that God hasn't answered a prayer in that way. And sometimes, something else. Something else comes. A new direction. So when we're having a look at this, so uh, what should our expectation be? Why, why should we pray? Jesus did it. God tells us to. When should we pray? Always, night and day and continually. 
How should we pray, as Jesus taught us, individually and corporately? What should our expectation be that God will answer? So when we're having a look at the four points, and uh, just coming to a pretty close, um, the powerhouse of church is how much prayer goes in. Uh, we did this uh, series a couple of years ago uh, about um, Praying every day and praying in the life groups and coming towards coming to prayer, etc. And for a little while there, prayer was more alive. I've got to say, when Wednesday comes, are you going to be at the prayer meeting? Some of you can't get there, you've got work. But what possible reason could you not come and meet with God at the prayer meeting? What possible reason? Now that sounds a really stroppy way of putting it. But sometimes there's a point at which you've got, you've got to be a say the stroppy thing, haven't you? You wouldn't say to the children, your children, etc., oh, when you feel like it, could you go to bed? Because you've got school tomorrow. You'd set a deadline, wouldn't you? And sometimes as the children of God, we've got to say, actually, I need to get there. I need to be part of that. Because the powerhouse of God is us praying together, interceding before God and seeing the breakthroughs we want to see. Souls saved, families reunited, people healed. It releases the power when God sees us in unity. Where brothers and sisters join together in unity, God accounts a blessing. So what I'd like us to do is just come to a finish, but I'd like all of us, <laughs> some of you are in nice little groups, etc., but I'd like it to be groups of about three-ish. So if it's only two of you, it puts the pressure on one and the other. Whereas when there's three or more, okay, then one can chip in, the other can chip in, and if someone's not feeling that comfortable with it, they don't have to, okay. So it would be nice if you can gather together in a group of about three plus, all right? And what I'd like you to do is just pray. Only for five minutes. And then once you've finished praying, then the box is open and tea and coffee. But here we are today talking about prayer and being with God. And I'd like us just to finish a few minutes of prayer. I know the children's got to be collected, so once that all, all happens. But let's gather together in small groups. Let's do that now, okay? Let's grab, grab a few people, get into threes plus, and it's whatever you want to pray for, pray, all right? Okay, so that's my, my, my preaching finished. Handing over to you to carry the rest of that. Sunday morning.